Garbage Film. This is the show that seeks to prove that arty and trashy movies have a lot in common, and you can enjoy both types. We'll take this week's movie and pair it with something artier or trashier and hope that you discover an unexpected new favorite, or at the very least, we entertain you some. I am one of your hosts, Nick, and with me as always is the holly hunter in a cute hat to my transmogrified toad. Aaron is here. Hi, Aaron. Hello. How you doing? Good, how are you? Ribbit. <laughs> I feel like you're always an animal of some kind in these intros. Yeah, I'm more comfortable that way, I guess. <laughs> Wardy. I identify with them. They're confused, lost, no real wants or needs, just want to hang out. Yeah, yeah. just things shouldn't be happening to them. Yeah, and uh, that may tell you that this week we are talking about one of the great question titles of our era. Oh, brother, where art thou? I went up too soon. Was, oh, brother, where art thou? Thou? <laughs> where art thou? Who elected you leader of this outfit? Well, Pete, I figured it should be the one with the capacity for abstract thought. Allow me to introduce myself. Big Dan! Governor Menelaus, pass the biscuits, Papi O'Dan. George Nelson. It's a pleasure. Suitor. What's his name? Vernon D. Waldrop. Homer Stoke. Soy of the little man. Got a name, do you? I have no name. You seek a great fortune. You were nine chains. Fixing an ambush. Do not seek the treasure. Yes. yes. A title I don't actually understand. Well, I'm. Thank you for this. <laughs> Are lovely you here meeting. to help me? Yes, okay, I am. Great. Uh, the title is a reference to a Preston Sturgis movie, who is okay. a 30s filmmaker. Um, Sullivan's Travels is the movie it's a reference to, oh, because yeah. in the movie Sullivan's Travels, it's about a guy trying to like connect with America and stuff, and he's making a movie called Oh Brother, We're Out Thou. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Oh wait. Okay. So is this supposed to be like the movie that the guy in? In Sullivan's Travels was supposed to make? Yeah, kind of. Because it's not like the same, but the idea of like a road movie where you're going across America and seeing like the Depression era people like making a go of it. Like that's what A Brother Were Out there's supposed to be. And it's supposed to be a like, it starts out by him being like, it's going to be this exploitation cinema basically is what he describes. He's a sleazy director. Yeah. And in the end he learns like, wow, it was the real America I met was the friends along the way kind (laughs) of. Thing. Like, oh, I was too precious about this. Mm-hmm. Doesn't he, like, he runs into a chain gang? He gets arrested, yeah. Yeah. And goes on a chain gang. And the way down the line in Oh Brother, Arthur, there's the movie theater scene that is That's what it reminded me yes. of. Okay, I know that we've seen Sullivan's Travels, and I do remember that, like, very distinctly. They st- There's a church service or something. Or they're, they're playing a movie in the church, in the church as, like, a yeah. community night, and they... Like, yeah, they they walk in the chain gang, and it's, like, a very affecting part of the movie. Yeah, it's the, like, Damn. the emotional core of the movie where the director's like, oh, people just like being entertained and having fun. This is, like, right, a place yeah. of respite for people that have no respite in life. It's yeah. real, like, movies. Nice. Okay, well, thank you. That uh, brings this podcast <laughs> to a close. That's the only question <laughs> yeah. I had. Very good. Wonderful. That's a great movie. Yeah, it is a great movie. Okay. Yeah. Seek out Preston Sturgis. <laughs> we're not talking Just about doing it. Just a form of the time. Yeah. Yeah. But we're From talking, the estate of. We're talking about 2000, the year 2000, and Oh Brother, We're Out. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. So uh, you might know this. It's directed by Joel Cohen. It's written by Joel and Ethan Cohen. 
based on Homer's The Odyssey. Yes. Kind of. Sort of, right? Yeah. yeah they, they like, were not very... They were very open about on, like, uh, interviewing through this. Like, oh, we've never read it. We don't know what happens <laughs> in it. We've just seen other stuff that adapted it. Yeah. And kind of picked our favorite bits. Amazing. That's why there's, like, three parts, I feel like, are, like, almost direct references. And the rest is just, like, and then they just like, fell eh, down. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> there was a toad. Uh, to their knowledge, they think the only person on set working who had actually read the Odyssey was Tim Blake Nelson because <laughs> he is like he has at least one or several degrees in classic literature. Does in the he classics. really? Yeah, good for him. Yeah. That makes sense to me for some reason. <laughs> I love that guy. I yeah. This is we're watching this and like he's not famous at the time, but we're like, why isn't he second build? Yeah. Or it's just... <laughs> guys, this movie is Tim Blake Nelson's movie. <laughs> it is. He's so great. But that leads nice. in perfectly to who's in this movie. You well, ask. Tim Blake Nelson, for one. He is. George Clooney and John Turturro. Lava Turturro. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to talk more about Tim Blake Nelson. He is <laughs> the king of the movie for me. Yeah. So great. Um, he's the only person who provides his own singing voice for a little oh, bit. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. He only sings in the jailhouse now. I already can't remember which song that was. Oh, okay. But every other voice is dubbed in for singing. Sure. Um, it's so- very clear, like, the George Clooney singing voice is like, does not sound like no. George Clooney. And they, he was like, he practiced and he worked at it and everyone's like, oh, he's related to a really famous musician. I can't remember. So everyone's like, oh, you mm. probably can like... Can at least sound pretty good, right? Sure. And they went in and they tried it. And they're like, no, this is not good. Ooh, this sucks. never mind. <laughs> this will not do him any favors. The thing I, I, I noticed about Tim Blake Nelson when they're like performing uh, Man of Constant Sorrow for the mm. first time there, he does the like, he's doing backup vocals and he has to change registers at one point and he does the little eyebrow thing that all singers do yeah. when they're like, you know, bumping up to like resolve the harmony. I love that. He's okay, got the best dubbed acting for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, but I also want to admit the famous thing is like the Coens, I can't remember which one of them, Tim Blake Nelson was their neighbor. So they just like walked over like, hey, you want to do a hey, movie? Buddy. And he thought, oh, they know I know the classics, so I'm coming on as a consultant. Oh. And then he showed up and they were like, yeah, hey, so you'll be- we gotta get you in wardrobe. Yeah. <laughs> huh? Say what, what now? Yeah. Nice. And uh, to really solidify his king shit status- he was also directing a movie at the time, which had finished wrapping, and so he would shoot during the day, go home and edit for, like, six hours, Oof. and then sleep for ten minutes, I guess, yeah. and then go back to set. Uh, this was the movie O, a modern retelling of Othello. Oh. Uh, <laughs> feels like it's in that Romeo plus Juliet kind of phase. phase. Yeah, yeah, 2000, 1999, we were, yeah. Yeah. Baz Luhrmann is <laughs> creeping onto the scene. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> That's awesome. I had no idea uh, that, that I don't know, the, what is the name of the anthology series that the Coens did um, with Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yes. yes. That feels very much like this could also be a retelling of like a famous myth or, or mm. a series of stories or whatever it is. And he, he is very good in those. Mm-hmm. He huh. knows how to pull out that classic, he's got that classic degree backing him up. He's got the receipts. <laughs> it can be used. So Tim Blake Nelson is king shit. I yes. <laughs> is the premise of our episode today. <laughs> uh, I just want to mention Chris Thomas King, who plays Tommy. Mm-hmm. I looked a little... I didn't know he he's in this because he's just like a New Orleans guitarist. Like oh, He's nice. a very famous 
New Orleans musician. And so he's playing most of his stuff, which is great. Yeah. But I looked at, he's in a couple movies, and it's just a really eclectic body of work. So here's, uh, he's, of course, in a blues documentary, a Vim Vender's blues documentary. Oh, sure, fun. naturally. He's in the, the Jamie Foxx Ray movie. That, oh, like, yeah. Yeah. And Steven Seagal movie, Kill Switch. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> One of everything. Yep. So you do those Weird. movies and you're like, that's all I need to do. I guess I'm good. Yeah. I'll go back to being a famous guitarist. <laughs> <laughs> he's really good. Okay. Yeah, all he's right. really good. I, they, I see him in this. I'm like, oh, it'd be so much fun to see him in more stuff. He's yeah. just like really charming from the immediate. A great Coen Brothers actor. Yeah. Yes, for yes. sure. Speaking of Coen Brothers actors, mm. we got Charles Durning, Michael Badalucho, John Goodman, Holly Hunter, yes. Daniel Von Bargen, and it's just, it's all just cameo fun stuff. Stephen Root. I almost didn't mention Stephen Root. Uh, yeah, gotta mention Stephen Root. Gotta mention Stephen Root. Yeah. Always. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. I love it. A delightful cast. <laughs> so let's talk about their capers and exploits, shall we? Let's do! <laughs> Uh, so our three friends, Pete Delmar and Ulysses Everett McGill. I don't think we get last names for the other two guys at any point, do we? I guess Pete must be a hogswallop, right? Right, yeah. But I don't know about Delmar. We we must, but I don't remember yeah, it. Yeah, I... Also, it never came up really. Yeah. Uh, they're going to seek hidden treasure. Treasure? Has... <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am obsessed with Tim Blake Nelson's accent in this. It's the perfect exact cartoon man you want him yes. to be. Yeah. <laughs> Not a thought in his head. He's no. looking for treasure. <laughs> uh, they escape their chain gang and get told by a blind man driving a hand car that they will find a fortune, but not the one they seek. And this is like, uh, there's this. We get to the sirens later, and the rest is just like, I guess it's the Odyssey. Why I guess not? kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's very... I, I guess the, the main thing is just, like, omens and signs, right? There's yeah. a lot of that in, in the Odyssey. And, like, yeah, this guy is just, uh, for all intents and purposes, the narrator, right, yeah. of <laughs> what they're going to see. And doesn't he... He just spouts off, like, I have trouble remembering what he says because it doesn't make any sense when he says it. But then by the time you get to the end, mm. you've kind of seen what he meant yeah he's got that very like you know yeah you you come across him on a thundering night and he tells you of your fortune and classic uh oracle stuff where he's blind mm-hmm. and yeah yes 100 percent. yeah real real solid myth stuff yeah uh but yeah they go to see pete's cousin the hogswallop <laughs> cousin hogswallop <laughs> and we meet sheriff cooley who's the literal devil i guess yeah i meant to look that up i feel like Cooley, I guess that just means like a, not a servant, but like just a schlub. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Like a Cooley. Can only hear it as like a derogatory thing you call somebody. Kind of, right? Yeah. (laughs) I meant to look that up and then I did not, but yes, I'm sure it means something. (laughs) I am glad that they gave uh, Sheriff Cooley as Daniel Von Bargen and I'm glad they gave him the big black room glasses because otherwise I'm just seeing Kruger from Seinfeld the whole time. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, he's got uh, anime glasses in this one. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And I th- is he like 100% of the time it's reflecting fire, I feel like? Almost always, yeah. like, except for when it's during the day. That's that's it. The Do one scene. during the day? The, the last scene. He's oh, in. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Fair yep. enough. Uh, there's so many, like, I feel like you're going along in the movie up to this point and them torching the barn is like, oh, okay, if you're not locked into the tone here, you will yeah. never get on board. <laughs> you're not going to understand, yeah. It, it The whole, I mean, appropriately so, maybe the, the way in which it's most like the Odyssey, it feels like 
you're watching the way that Ulysses would tell the story to someone else later on, mm. you know? Like, he's he's in the nick of time. Like, he, hmm. you know, they barely escape, and he is perfectly quaffed the whole time because he's always <laughs> looking for his hair. Dapper Dan. Yeah, hair, hair gel. And, yeah, it's it's got that heightened realism thing to it where you're like, this can't have been... Really? Okay. Yeah, I like, like that, that framing too works for like how brat like the the sepia tone of everything. Yeah. Feels, I know it's supposed to be like dust bully stuff. Sure, sure, sure. But it does make it feel like I'm looking at an old photo album. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and this is when me and your uncles Pete and Delmar escaped the devil. <laughs> okay, Grandpa. And we learned to never trust a hog swallow. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But I love like it's so cartoony. The thing that makes me laugh so hard. Uh, George Clooney saying we're in a tight spot like three times in oh a row. God, yeah. And then when it's zoomed in on the cops below, and you hear like really quiet off screen. I'm like, we're in a tight spot. Yes. Yeah. like so quiet. <laughs> just a throwaway and then yeah. it never comes up again. No. <laughs> just, just like. Uh, I love it. It's, it's very great. funny writing. Uh, but then we meet Tommy Johnson, who. Uh, tells them about hanging out with the devil and describes Sheriff Cooley. So yes. That's some good stuff. I do like the, the setting here of like this is the time when, you know, families were selling their children yeah. because they couldn't feed them and like real, yeah, like you said, dust bullshit. And, mm-hmm. and to be like, you know what? Fuck it. I'd much rather be able to feed myself for 20 years and then go to hell forever yeah. than do what I'm doing now, <laughs> like in 1925 America, yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, I just love the cheerfulness with which he's like, like I thought, you know, writing up on the scene was like, Oh, look at him. He's like, he's got his guitar and he's standing at, at the intersection of roads, mm-hmm. like a crossroads. Oh, I wonder if, I wonder if we're going to find out at the end of the movie that he's like, no, he's just like, well, so what are you doing out here? Like, oh, I sold my soul to the devil so I could do good music. Like, oh, I see. This is a time when you were not private with your thoughts. You just. <laughs> Someone gives you a ride. You tell them about your deals with the devil. And to be fair, our three fugitives do say we escaped like from prison. So we're sharing all of our nice secrets. There is a very like immediately you understand who is on your side and who is not on your side of yeah. this, this movie. Very clear, oh, like heroes yeah, and do. villains are like sometimes the the story or the mini story is that it was a villain in disguise or a hero mm. in disguise, but it's it's very a very clear capital S story that you're watching. Yeah, and like later on when we get into all the politics stuff, like I feel like they set that up clearly. Like here's a different cast of people, but you know they're all bad. Right. There's no other than the virulent racist stuff. I mean, there's there's nothing beyond that to be like they're bad. They're just like expressed in a menacing way somehow. Yeah. Just while, like story archetypes, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. like sounding like the words they're saying are quite benign, but you're like you're not on yeah, the level. Like I don't bad. like this. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. It's good stuff. But uh, it leads us to Stephen Root and their performance as the Soggy Bottom Boys. (laughs) I love that so much. They just like, they just came out of a a lake because (laughs) Delmar flipped out and was like, I gotta get baptized. (laughs) And Pete is very suggestible, so he went with them. And so Ulysses is just ribbing them about being like soaking wet in the car the whole way. Like, well, this here is the Soggy Bottom Boys band. (laughs) Clearly like... You too. And then that's just, that's what they got to stick with. <laughs> yep, that's really, you're planting your flag for yeah. better or worse. <laughs> that's very funny. Uh, also kind of unfair to Tommy, but all right. <laughs> yeah. 
don't he's, have a soggy bottom. He's just their accompanist. This is the role yeah. of the accompanist. You're barely yeah. even in the band. You're, you're, you could be switched out at any moment. Yep. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, but the baptism stuff, it is great. That's another, like, okay, just tiny, all Cohen movie brothers movies to me are just, like, little character shots, and that's what sure. separates them from, like, the... Like, I'm thinking of No Country for Old Men. Like, that could just be, like, a genre thriller. But all the really specific character beats are what makes it yeah. more than that. And this is the yeah, yeah. same thing, but comedy style of we're just doing little character beats. And then you get the big adventures afterwards where you're like, I don't need to worry about characterizing them more. This yeah. is just now their establishedness is in it. And the baptism bit for Delmar of just like, ah, my sins is all forgiven. I can do anything I want. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I like the... That's the the Coen Brothers movies are always like small people interacting with big events, yeah. like almost against their will. Yeah. And just like this huge backdrop and like it's not important to the character because that's not how people's lives work, right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. I the only the only real thing I remember about the Odyssey is that it was just Ulysses being like, No, not me. God, can I just have a fucking break, please? <laughs> like I'm just trying to go home. I don't want all this like, you know, talking to the gods and I'll, I don't care. <laughs> Deal with your own shit. Leave me out of it. Yeah. <laughs> just very like, I don't want to be part of history, please. Yes. Just <laughs> do what you're gonna do. I would like to go home. Oh yeah, that is yeah, I I kinda thinking about adapting the odyssey for this i i knew it going in the first time i watched it watching it this time it is just like but why the odyssey it just feels like <laughs> that doesn't jive with cohen's to me for some reason hmm. but in that context that makes perfect sense it, yeah 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 I especially so. the the other thing that i know that they s- just generally said about their their um I have to say, like, their past collaborations. Cause they're not I know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> their oeuvre. Is that they They said that every one of their movies is, uh, is a remake of The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> it's either by accident or on purpose. That's so specific, all and right. this time it was on purpose. We're like, oh, yeah, when we made these other movies, we're like, hey, it's kind of like The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I just, I'm trying to picture looking at Blood Simple and being like, <laughs> yeah, Wizard of Oz, all right. Yeah, and Emmett Walsh is... A flying monkey? <laughs> no, he's the witch. Come on. Oh, right. Very good. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that makes total sense to me. Yeah. Lovely. Oh, <laughs> past collaborations. Oh. But let's focus on yeah, the perfect. joys of it, such yes. as, oh, brother, we're right there. <laughs> <laughs> and I love this. So the Soggy Bottom Boys stuff happens, and, like, there is no questioning of, like, they're very musically talented. It's just Apparently. They're learning this for the first time yeah. about themselves. <laughs> They just walked up like, we need money. How can we trick them into giving us money? <laughs> and I love the way that it's just, that Tommy describes it of it's uh, a guy will give you five bucks to sing in a can. And yeah, like, sing into a can. What does that mean? Like, that's uh-huh. such a, that feels like a, a good myth kind of thing of like, this man three towns away, if you yeah. speak him a story, he will give you tasty fish yeah. or whatever. <laughs> Hard candies. Just like, well, I Sounds like a freak, but okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, it's very, like, you know, the best technology is indistinguishable from magic that Arthur C. Clarke mm. saying. Like, mm. yeah, you just speak into a metal can and it beams your voice across. It. Like, it's a microphone. That's yeah. what you're... <laughs> it's terrestrial radio. Yes. We've had this for a long time now. <laughs> Quite a few years now, actually. Yeah, I like that a lot. And I just... The unintended consequences are always fun, so unbeknownst to... The soggy bottom boys, but notes to us is that uh, 
everybody loves them. They're getting rebroadcast all over the place. But they uh, they leave Tommy. I can't like Tommy just like wanders off into the night or something like that, right? They yeah. After recording, they sort of they still don't have like a lot of money. It's like ten dollars mm. or whatever. But I'm I'm not even sure that they have yet encountered a place to spend the money that they got. No, that's right. Yeah. Um, so they're camping out and they they are run across by Sheriff Cooley. Oh right, and they have and to... Tommy fucking books it <laughs> because the devil yeah. is here apparently. Yeah. And we get the the killer montage of their music and escape and all that. Yeah, love all that. It's great. It's very good. Feels yeah. It feels like I, we haven't watched like a tons and tons of '30s cinema, but we, we've watched enough where I'm like, yeah, this wouldn't be that out of place. Like this kind of rinky dinky Keystone Cops, yeah, uh, musical fart around montage. I wonder what the first there. montage in film was. Yeah. Hmm. I really like the, the the earliest I can think is like the 40s. Yeah, when they were doing like cute rom-coms and it would be like the two leads running into each other all over town or oh, whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, I guess it's, it's 37. That's pretty close to the 40s. Yeah. By three years. Some quick math there for you. <laughs> the math podcast. <laughs> uh, speaking of math, they uh, run into Babyface Nelson, who is stealing a lot of money. Money is accounted for mathematically often. Uh-huh. No, I got just it. off that sequence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the cartoony imagery of that car, like, rocketing their way with, like, bills flapping in the wind yes. behind it. So funny. So great. Again, just, like, such a heightened reality yeah. type of thing. Like, almost a live-action cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. Going like thirty miles per hour and shooting at cops with a Tommy gun. <laughs> there, I love this high speed chase of like but 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 punch. The cars are very bad. <laughs> a guy mows down a cow with a machine gun. Yeah, oh, not the Poor livestock. <laughs> that was a like a really weird sticking point for like Peta. Always puts oh, their like really? no animals were harmed yeah, yeah. thing on this, and they're like, but you shot and ran over a cow, and they had to like bring a Peta person in to be like run them through the VFX and be like, no, see, it's a computer-generated cat. I'm like, okay, fine. So they literally thought, and I know they're not, like, the brightest people in the world, but in the year 2000, that you were going to put out a major motion picture (laughs) showing us running over a cow with a car. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (sighs) To be fair, it's surprisingly good CG when they run over that cow. It's pretty good, yeah. But again, it's so cartoony that you're like, oh, no. <laughs> you just kind of, like, laugh it off. Yeah, that quick cut really gets you. Like, oh. yeah. <laughs> Baby face Nelson. We get to what I think is probably my favorite of the tiny misadventures, just for how it's introduced and how it finishes. Okay. Pete hears singing and absolutely loses his mind in the car. Just, like, screeching and, like, hitting the rooftop. Uh, and we meet the sirens. Oh, is that in this? Oh, okay. Well, they, yeah, they meet Babyface. They do, sorry, I skipped ahead because I wanted to talk about the sirens. <laughs> I, I know, I do too. <laughs> they rob a bank with Babyface. And right, they, right, right. They go on, like, a misadventure with yeah, him. And yeah, and Babyface wanders, that's who wanders into the night, is Babyface. No, that's true. Is, it turns out he's, <laughs> he's been, so he like successfully knocked over like three banks in two days five banks in two days or, or like something. two hours or something stupid. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so he's just like oh okay i did it what else is left for me and just like sad sacks it into the night <laughs> with money still floating off yeah. of him. it's very funny <laughs> covered in money <laughs> yes sorry that's right that happens and then and they're rolling along in the car and 
it is just John Turturro, his screeching, <laughs> something else. He's got a good primeval scream. Yeah, he has a lot in common with, like, a frightened bird at this moment of just, like, throwing <laughs> his head back and... Yeah, like, you got, a like, a waiting bird of some kind in the car and it doesn't want to be in the <laughs> <Yes>. car. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Poor Pete. No, that's when we meet the sirens very briefly. Yes. They hypnotize the folks and give them moonshine. Uh, I feel like this is the must be one of the two or maybe three direct references, right? Yeah. Like yeah. but in <laughs> but they don't make it out of this one, whereas they do make it out in, in the yeah, because what's the Odyssey were, version? They strap Odysseus. They were forewarned. Yeah, yes. so like, he's like, you're gonna have to sail by this, yeah, this <laughs> island. Like, put put beeswax or cotton or something in your ears. Yeah. but he's like, I kind of want to hear it. Can you yeah, just yeah. like strap me to the mast and no matter <laughs> what, like, don't do let not me. let me go. Yeah, he's like, guys, I was joking. Let me go right now. <laughs> Sounds so good. Classic dude shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A dude's rock adventure. Yeah. <laughs> That's the subtitle of the Odyssey. <laughs> yes, it is. I'm pretty uh. sure. Yeah. <laughs> The um the the one I don't know you know how significant this is uh, from a historical pers- perspective because mm. I am not Tim Blake Nelson and I do not have a classics degree. <laughs> My dad does. I should ask him about yeah. this. But Let's call him up. Let's get him on the pod. Daddy, <laughs> <laughs> the 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 Odyssey is much more like there's the Iliad, which is the Trojan War, and then the Odyssey, Odyssey is the which is him trying sequel, to right. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to electric boogaloo this one, and I, nothing's coming to me. It's fine. Um, the Odyssey is him trying to get home from the Trojan War. And the Iliad is super focused on, like, heroes and kings and, like, warriors, all these things, all the men of the story. And then the Odyssey is much more focused on the women and the slaves mm. and the, like, outcasts and this sort of this cast of supporting characters on uh, uh, Odysseus's journey. Yeah. I almost called him Ulysses again. Um don't stop it <laughs> but it feels like yeah this is this is a lot more like you know women are characters in this mm. um holly hunter is a big like she has a personality that Full. a very strong personality and like there aren't a lot of women but they're they're there and they like make the plot go forward and mm-hmm. These women just, like, successfully drug and rob these dudes and make off with all their bank robbery money. Like, good for you, ladies. All right. But not all of it, because we do see more bills later. No, that's true, yeah. Maybe they just rob Pete. (laughs) That'd be so funny. Just fuck Pete. Another king shit uh, Tim Blake Nelson moment is, uh, so they're getting felt up pretty much yeah. getting hypnotized here and you know this is a it's all acting nobody's actually figuring on fornicating here sure uh but the oh i didn't write down her name the siren who's going after tim blake nelson right. uh said that she had a little bit of trouble with it because tim blake nelson couldn't stop blushing so hard like actively like oh. shucks oh jeez, <laughs> so cute <laughs> Well, he thought he would just be giving script notes, That's so yeah, he's not prepared for <laughs> what's happening. You want to come and see woman? my <laughs> movie, my Othello movie after this? <laughs> do, do you like movies? <laughs> so cute. That's amazing. Uh, but then the amazing moment of they wake up the next day and they turn Pete into a toad. Delmar is convinced. And the, oh, oh my I lo- god. I love this movie. I feel like... 
I correct me if you think I'm wrong here. I've mm. always felt like anecdotally watching how people take in Coen Bros movies, the Coen Bros comedies are like not as celebrated as their dramatic stuff. I think that's fair to say. I'm absolutely the reverse. I, oh yeah. I absolutely like this and Raising Arizona are probably my favorites of theirs. Your sensibility for comedy is exactly like it just lines up so perfectly with them. Yeah. For better or worse, I don't... Yeah, let's not examine that. So... <laughs> <laughs> not to freak you out. <laughs> yes. Uh, th- this is, like, just the exact perfect, like, the tone is so well-established, and everything is so grounded, but I legitimately think Pete is a toad. Oh my god, I know! <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was like, holy shit, this movie has wizards yeah, in it. it took a wild turn. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely wild. I know. It's just so good, though. I love the moment where, like, <laughs> they pan over the three unconscious <laughs> dudes, right? You pan over Ulysses and then Delmar, and then you pan over to where Pete should be, but it's just his clothes perfectly laid out with the suspenders over, over the shoulders the, of the shirt and everything. The like, suspenders flat. over it sells He's it not, so well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and you see, like, movement in, in the shirt right at the breastbone, and Delmar just goes like, it's his heart. They left his heart. <laughs> and you're like, is it going to be a horror movie now? Yeah. Like, what is happening? And and our little frog leaps out, and I'm like, shit, that's Pete. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they got me so good. They got you so good. Oh, it's so funny. It's a lovely moment. I feel like, I don't know, the measure of whether you prefer the drama or the comedies of Coen Brothers. Mm. Do you think Barton Fink is a comedy or a drama? But this is why I love it so much, because you could make a case for either way. (laughs) I consider it a, like, real thick comedy. Okay. Like a dark, dark comedy. Okay. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. (laughs) All to say, like, there's, yeah, I would not be surprised in a Coen Brothers movie if suddenly there was this twist of, like, oh, my God, this man's a toad now. <laughs> Turturro's a toad. He's a toad turro. Toad turro. Turturro. I'm turning into a toad. Just a slow fade out on the podcast. We never release another episode. Toad turro. Are they okay? I don't know what happened. We never heard from them again. Maybe they turned into toads. So we've got two dudes and a toad and no money. It's a good album name. Yes, it is. It's the Soggy Bottom Boys inaugural album. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so great, but Delmar grabs that toad, and away we go. And yeah, I, the Everett's take on this, like it's not, it's not Pete. That's not. I don't think that's Pete. He keeps saying, but each time he says it, I feel like he's less convinced of. I know. <laughs> or you're like, <laughs> he's convinced, but he knows that Delmar will not be swayed about it. So he's like. <laughs> Ah, this is my new life. Yeah. I have a friend and a toad who's that guy's friend. <laughs> but he good. sticks by him. That's fair enough. I guess. You need your pals. <laughs> Which leads into another... This is just like... I love the cavalcade of... It's not cameos, but just like all the little stories we get. John Goodman yeah. coming in is the the eye-patched Bible salesman who takes them into the wilderness and eats their lunch and kills their toad. <laughs> Which, when you think Pete is really the toad, yeah. when John Goodman squishes the toad in his fist, you die a little inside. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah. 
Again, it's this, like, the introduction for John Goodman is so menacing oh that you're, like, bad guy immediately. Yeah. Like, you don't, I don't know whether he's going to murder them or just beat him up. Like, yeah. <laughs> nothing good is coming. The best version of this is he's just, like, a slick con man and, like, he'll charge his lunch to them or something like that. Totally, yeah. But I, this is, I love the, like, the through line of, it doesn't, like, not every character says it, but, like, at least once every two little stories we get somebody say, oh, people are just looking for answers. Just oh. this, like, real depression well. level, like, yeah, everyone's just struggling and trying to find their way. Like, yep. And yeah. this guy has uh, filled that niche by lying. By, yeah, peddling Bibles. Yeah. Yep. Which, a good, I, I feel like the only, this was one of the other things that I'm like, oh, maybe right from the Odyssey, the, the giant hmm. with one eye, the Cyclops. Oh, yeah, of course. This, maybe, yeah. This, I think, is where Cyclops comes from. Uh, not the X-Men, but the, the like, the <laughs> monster of a Cyclops <laughs> comes from this part of the Odyssey, the story. Like, oh, this is okay, okay. the introduction of them to the universe, I believe. Oh, I thought, oh, I thought it was, like, based on something like they're in the Odyssey because there's, like, a Babylonian myth about, about them or something. But the yeah. word Cyclops, definitely Greek, so. Yeah, hmm. I like that little nod. I am a full Delmar and uh, <laughs> had not thought of that for a second, so thank you. Uh, it's uh, the only, I got, <laughs> here's another, like, embarrassing thing I did as a teen was I just got really yes. into the Epic of Gilgamesh for, like, two years, like, two summers <laughs> on vacation. I would read this book and, like, try and, you know, like, read literature about it, and I was very <laughs> dumb, so none of it really stuck. But one of the big things was that a lot of the, a lot of the scholarship around the Odyssey is like, yeah, this is very much based on, Gilgamesh. Oh. They're like their, you know, journey and like the cast of characters that they encounter. It's very much just like one weirdo after another kind <laughs> of a kind of a thing. A series um, of weirdos. Yeah, just a series of weirdos in oral tradition. Yeah. Um yeah. So I think I think that the Cyclops is a time honored uh ah, yeah. Very good. It's such a good like, oh, what's he hiding under his eye? Like it's an immediate suspicious behavior type yeah. of thing, right? It's it's shot very suspiciously. And something I this is like watching it this time very aware that this that the eye patch is almost not covering anything. Yeah. Or like, oh <laughs> it looks fake. It looks like yeah. he doesn't need it. Which could be the case, could be not, but it does present this idea of like, oh he he's trying to hide something but barely. Yes, yeah. you're right. Yeah. <laughs> he almost can't be bothered. Yeah. <laughs> the just paying it lip service or eye service and that's about it. <laughs> Facial part service. <laughs> yeah. The wink is the eye service, I think. That's the, yeah. I'm currently being winked at for the listener at home. It's still I'm going I'm pretty on. sure you can hear it. <laughs> yeah. So. It's bad. I this hope you're not eating during this for, podcast, yeah. <laughs> hearing those winks. The wink. <laughs> I have to say it. Uh, yes. So now we have a, two guys and a squished toad and no money. <laughs> but it's, it's wonderful. The rug pull out of squish the toad. Throws it against the tree. That throw is very funny. Uh, John Goodman is a total fucking powerhouse yeah, in this. Yes, so it. great. <laughs> but then we cut immediately to Pete being tortured by yes. Sheriff Gooley. So you're like, it, it's actually okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not like good. They, but, yeah. Oh yeah, torture. <laughs> it does go tree to tree. I think that's the, the cut, right? Is that yeah. you, it like pans out from the forest, like pans up and then down again. And it's him during the night being tortured. Mm -hmm. yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Good movie editing fun. We love to see it. You love to see it. Uh, he gets tortured, but uh, Everett and Delmar make it to Everett's hometown, where the purported treasure be. Yes. But uh, Everett immediately confronts his wife Penny, 
who has changed her last name and told their daughters that he was smushed by a train. <laughs> I love one of her one of her bits in this is like plenty of respectable people have been hit by trains. Like <laughs> Okay. Like, yeah, that she's answering the like. He's he's Why so mad. Why did you tell them yeah. that? Yeah, and she's like, "What's wrong with being hit by a train?" Like, no, no. I know some of my best friends have been hit, yeah. been hit by trains. <laughs> that's not the that's not the part. That's not what I'm concerned about. Uh, I love Holly Hunter so much. I wish she was in oh. more of this movie and more of every movie. More of every movie, really. But, yeah. I don't think there's a single movie where I'm like, I wish this was someone else. Yeah. Oh man, no. She elevates every single thing that she does. Yeah. I love it. Hands down. So great. I I love all of their engagements. Every time they talk. I just want more of it. And we meet uh, the fiancé, the new fiancé of Penny's. Yes. Who we've been watching Deadwood, so it's surprising yes. to see the... In between our first <laughs> and second watch of this, we, we saw most of Deadwood, so... Seeing the reverend's back. With his crazy eyes pointing <laughs> at you. He's very hawkish, too. Like, yeah. speaking of just a giant waiting bird, he's got that, you know, beanpole face situation lends itself well to fisticuffs so you can get your big fist your big <laughs> fist your your front fist way out front and like no one so can reach spindly you. Yeah. <laughs> you could just hold the guy's forehead and he could just swing at you uh whatever it gets his ass beat <laughs> yeah surprisingly because you'd think but <laughs> did not learn a single thing on the chain gang no but he's he's the he's the talker he's the brain he that's true he's hands. never had to go around yeah <laughs> feel like you can map this on the the princess bride the like the brigands there of of uh uh oh, i can't remember any of their names now andre the okay. giant and wallace shawn sure, sure, sure. And, and he's very much he's the wallace shawn here yes Everett yeah mcgill is just the like <laughs> i have not thought for two seconds beyond the end of my sentence <laughs> hopefully i can run fast enough because uh yeah purports to be very smart but <laughs> obviously very not <laughs> <laughs> yes, he gets literally thrown out. <laughs> Banished from Woolsworths. <laughs> Stay out of the Woolsworth. <laughs> I like that guy too. There, yeah. God, the, I gotta look up who the casting director is for Coen Brothers movies because every single bit part, yeah. fantastic. The majority of, there were so many that I stopped keeping track of it. The majority of those tiny parts yeah. are the musicians performing on the soundtrack. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Because this soundtrack is very much like uh, an amalgamation of like every track is a different performer right yeah, yeah. and it's like all arrangements of stuff from this time period sure so like there isn't an original song in the movie which is great nice uh, i like like it and they're all like it feels weird to say that like period appropriate like there no <laughs> instrument is being well, played that got... didn't exist yeah then. right exactly yeah very respectable, yeah. But if somebody's got like one line or is just in the background or something like that, yeah. odds are they were a musician that performed in the movie. Nice. Yeah. yeah where do we go from here? From here, the boys like see Pete uh, and opt to rescue him. Yeah. 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 They they manage to reunite the group. Yeah, and we learn that Pete gave up the treasure location, and then we learn that there is no treasure yeah. location. Oh no. <laughs> Yeah, it's got a very again. I'm sorry, you might be saving these for afterwards, but mm, I got virtually nothing another. For afterwards, okay, so go ahead. <laughs> Perfect. the The Odyssey is very. Um, it's it, it's such a funny story format because it's the story of how a guy got home from the war. Mm -hmm. Part of the story is told by the the narrator, like whomever the poet, like you right. know, is telling the story, and part of the story is the guy the story is about telling the story of what happened oh to God. him. Like, it's a very, you know. And so 
this movie kind of starts in the middle, you know, where normally you'd see mm. the planning of, like, the prison break. Like, you know, you'd maybe you'd see how they all met in prison and, like, they got chained together. You don't, like, you start in the middle of their escape attempt. Yeah. And then it goes from there. And so he has to sort of fill in the gaps of, of what happened to him before. Like, he has to describe what happened to him, which is just, like... I, oh. I just, I, I, it was like, what, forging checks or something that he went to jail for? No, he went to jail for practicing law without a license. Oh, that's right. Which is yeah. a huge thing from the time. So many people practicing law oh without licenses. God. Yes, the number of professions that you could just get grandfathered into, medicine yeah. being a huge one, yeah. that you could just be like, well, you've been practicing medicine for 30 years. We're bringing licenses in now, but like... You're fine. You can stay. Even though you've never been trained. Well, you're doing the nice version of it. The amount of people that just said, I'm a doctor. Well, and had never that, even yeah. <laughs> basically seen another person before yeah. is... <laughs> Might have been a vet. Yeah. Like, maybe, if, if you're, you're lucky. lucky. <laughs> yeah. More likely they were a butcher. Yeah. <laughs> or a con man. Or, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you don't instance. have fucking Google. What are you going to... How are you going to prove him His wrong? His name's Everett McGill, of course, is a con man. That's, yeah. that's like, come on, <laughs> Never Delmar trust a McGill. A McGill lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. Yeah, he's just this like kind of slimy, incompetent guy. Yeah, but yeah, so you, it's it's him being like, guys, there was no treasure. I had to tell you something. We are literally chained together. I wasn't escaping on my own, and he's just gotten them in like so much worse oh shit God. because of it. Like Pete's got had eight weeks left on his sentence, and now he's got fifty years added to his <laughs> sentence. So brutal. Brutes. Yeah. So what do they attack him? Yeah, and they roll. They literally roll into a clan rally. (laughs) As you, to be fair, I'm not sure in Mississippi at the time you could throw a rock without hitting a clan rally. Yeah, my God. To be to be fair to the storytelling, you you couldn't. Yeah, you had to like book meadows ahead of time. We're doing our clan rally. You got to do yours two times over. You could use the barbecues, but we (laughs) we get the the open space. The open space, yeah. You can have the hilly part, but it won't hold our cross good. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and lo and behold, the, like, reform candidate yep. is the head of this local chapter. Turns out if somebody's selling you on burning down the establishment and getting rid of red tape and making things like they used oh to be, God. Yeah. that's a certain kind of code they that's might, never yeah. changed. <laughs> they might have something in mind. Which... People were, not like in any major way, but like one of the problems a lot of audiences had with this movie was like, oh, you're like using the clan for a cheap laugh and like a oh little bit, but <laughs> like, why wouldn't we make fun of them? And First also it's very accurate. So. Oh, so common. Like I don't, I don't, I remember learning this in school and just being like, you know, you, you the, the KKK is almost a punchline where it's like yeah. the worst dudes in the world. Like imagine if you, you know, but that was just like the local bowling league yeah. like it was incredibly common for you to be a member yeah. in in those times certainly like people would run on that platform yeah. and get elected to like state senates like this was this was a huge political movement yeah, in the like 30s yeah the least realistic part of this movie is that they actually care that he's a clan member in the end. like the uh, public cares <laughs> right yeah like no more <laughs> likely they just be don't. like yeah, it like would... well, yeah, so am I. But like, I don't like him. Like... <laughs> it would be more likely that you'd have a lot of conversations being like, "Well, I don't really jive with all of his clan and stuff." Yeah. but he does make good policy yeah. reform. Uh, <laughs> but he arguments. makes the transfer, you know, yeah. whatever. 
<laughs> yeah. So fair enough. I don't. I don't see it as a cheap laugh. Again, it's this Coen no, Brothers either. thing no. of like, oh my god, are we about to take a turn? Yeah. Like, is there about to be a violent and dark turn to this movie? Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think that it's a like. Thank you. It <laughs> you're very welcome. <laughs> yeah. It's a very it's like a perfectly appropriate thing to do, and if you're uncomfortable with it, then sorry, learn more history. I guess. Yeah, I guess <laughs> read some books. <laughs> Uh, yes. It's very silly. Uh, but they here's where I'm like, oh, Wizard of Oz as hell. Oh, yes. Totally, totally. They're like almost chanting the OEO song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand what music they're playing. It is... Spooky. Bananas. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. What key is it in? What is it from? I... Yeah. I couldn't shit. tell you. This is where I'm like, I don't want to research I'm not going to so Google gonna... <laughs> that. Yep. But, uh, yeah, it's it's memorable it certainly is yeah <laughs> and they're going to lynch tommy and that's bad no they caught tommy so our boys do the cartoon bonk somebody on a nog and pull him into a bush i when it's done well it is so funny it's one of my favorite tropes to do and the shot is just of like a pair of you know the the robe and a pair of boots disappearing into a bush yeah. and then they climb out and like adjusting their hoods so I great like it. I'll defend that trope. Oh, it's great. It's, it's wonderful shorthand. Yes, it I is. I love it. <laughs> and in, in addition to finding out that uh, Reform Candidate is the head of the local clan chapter, we also find Something. out that the Bible salesman is in there. Yes, because, and uh, we find out that he does, in fact, have a fucked up eye. Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah do, right. we do get that, like, payoff in the end. I forgot about that. You know what's creepy, though, is he, like, I'm not convinced that he, I think he is, like, a otherworldly character <laughs> he you know he comments when they meet him originally like oh the smell of your like you've got quite a, a pleasant uh you know your, oh, your hair gel stuff that's right it's got a good smell to it or whatever and he starts he they're marching down the line and he turns around and he starts sniffing the air like i know they're here somewhere and it's almost like to sniff better he pulls up the eye patch and that dead eye is staring out this is i feel like this is such a like Greek myth thing of like that I might not see on this plane of existence, yeah. but it can like it can spot you. <laughs> it can it does not see reality, it only sees truth. Yes, exactly, yeah. That's good. I love this character. Really yeah, good. It's great. And he comes to a very fitting end. <laughs> yeah, bummer. It's, yeah. Uh, it's great when he's catching the flag that you think oh, is gonna nail him. So good. So great. They like but... launch the, the flag very dramatically and it's sharpened for some reason. Just to put all the better to put it in the ground, methinks. Uh, fair enough. Yeah. Maybe I've never raised a flag. Mm. Maybe that's and it really shows. <laughs> I'm not bringing my A game to this episode. And I'm so sorry. I'm I bring the flag game. Big flag game. <laughs> Uh, Bye-bye, Big Dan. <laughs> so, ultimately, the power of love does convince our boys to help out. So Pete, Delmer, and Tommy are all on board uh, to, to help uh, Everett get, get his wife back. Yeah. Right. So they adopt the best fake beards. Where did they get those? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> on elastic bands. Big, bushy beards. Yeah. And they sneak into the... Is this just like a community? It's it is supposed to be like a political yeah. event, right? Yeah, it's Rally. like a dinner, like a yeah, you know, fundraiser type thing <laughs> at the local town hall. Yeah, and they got musicians performing. They're like, we're gonna, we'll sneak in as musicians and immediately walk to center stage and start <laughs> performing. <laughs> Which no, the stage manager on duty not concerned <laughs> about this. Maybe well, they don't have that. I don't think we're yeah, no unions at the time. So. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Which is how they got into that depression business in the first place. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> 
learn our lessons. <laughs> and they start doing their soggy bottom business. Everyone flips out because this is the first. Hot damn! Yeah. <laughs> Hot damn! This is the, like, oh, they've been looking everywhere for this band that's just, like, taken over the airwaves, and suddenly they're here. Oh, my God. <laughs> you want to get some white people riled up? Just <laughs> give them that old-time religion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good shit. It's great. I love the, yeah, the the actual, like, performance that they're putting on yeah. is so wonderful. It's John Turturro's fun. dancing is so marvelous. Funny. I think about it all the time, just this, like, jerky little... He becomes a marionette for, like, this three-minute period. Yeah. Oh, God, he's so good in this. Just somebody that, like, I feel like the Coen brothers brought to life. Yes, he is, yeah, he's their hum homunculus. Yeah. Their golem man. Exactly. We meet up with the Grand Wizard arrives in, he has a shouting match, but you're actually you're right, I'm remembering that he's being a racist and everyone's just yeah. kinda like, hmm, this is weird to admit to. And then yeah. he's like, No like, soggy bottom boys allowed. What? <laughs> yeah. That was the I can excuse racism, but I draw the line at not music. <laughs> you must have a damp ass. <laughs> Sog that bottom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I do also love the bit where like because of the kerfuffle at the clan rally, like yeah. they're late. They they pull oh, up that's late, right. yeah. and so he's like stuffing his robes into the back of the car as they get. This <laughs> is very comedical. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, they're ready to get changed on the drive over. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I had to look up what they do to him when they bring in that huge log and they put him oh, on yeah, it and yeah. carry him out. They're running him out of town on a rail. Is that literally what that is? I don't I look it is a it's supposed to be a metaphor. Like you threw them on a train <laughs> and ran them out yeah, of town. That's what I assume. But it's just the metaphor has come to life. Oh boy. <laughs> the power of belief. Yeah. Okay. I had yeah, I had no idea. I thought it honestly was like this is this town's weird shame ritual yeah. that they have. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, they're running him out of town on a rail. Good riddance. Yeah. So, literally crucifying him. Who can say? <laughs> it's got it's got that feeling to it. it of does, like, yes, yeah. throw him to the dogs. <laughs> and the uh, uh, Papio Daniel, yep. whose name is Menelaus in like whose character actual first name is not Pappy. Oh, it's Menelaus, that. which okay. is adorable. Yeah, that is adorable. Yeah. Um, yeah, takes advantage of that and like. He's the, he's the incumbent, right? So yeah. he's got like a and he's certain like amount tanking of... hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I I love that. it. Feels like a very natural like. Oh well, you know he he must be in touch with like the common man. He likes our soggy bottom boys. <laughs> yeah. and they like him. And <laughs> he's got a damp ass if I've ever seen one. <laughs> he probably does. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, it's great. Just insinuating himself with this. I forgot to mention too. Penny is clearly short for Penelope. That's what we're oh, doing sure, sure. there. Yeah. Sorry. yeah. Very cute. Adorable. We get it, you guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. So uh, I guess Papio Daniel's re-election is confirmed yeah. through this pretty much. Uh, but he Penny... pardons them like in a dramatic, you know, yeah. Yeah, and uh, the fiancé of Penny is the campaign manager of the virulent racist yes. clan member. And through this, she's like, nah, I don't like him anymore. Yeah. I like Everett again. <laughs> But go get me the ring that you... Because Penelope's yes. deal, remind me here, Penelope's deal was there's all these suitors coming after her while oh, Odysseus is away. Yes, yeah. and so she has to like hold down the fort. Her husband has disappeared and no one no one knows where he is until she starts getting these like 
travelers are starting to report back like mm. he fought the giants on the cannibal island or whatever it's and so she's cool. like oh my god just get home yeah so she has to hold down the fort and uh, does she get like remarried or no. like no she doesn't okay no. so this you know this just is a, a handy like you can't go unmarried in the depression yeah. with like five kids <laughs> yeah you gotta lock it down what's the count seven or eight the girls that he has it's seven now or something yeah yeah <laughs> it's, a, it's a big family yeah i like the um i forget his name but the uh, odysseus's son is a big part of the like the story opens with him and like him trying to find out what happened what happened to his father mm. so he's like a main character in that story which i like oh. a lot so you've just split him into like <laughs> six he's got this like weird greek chorus kind of trailing <laughs> along after after penny <laughs> they just like describe what's been going on at home and you know yeah i think it's cute gotta hype him up before he arrives home yeah <laughs> uh but penny doesn't want to get married without the original ring which is in their home yes which they go to see and this is uh where we meet up with the sheriff again oh yeah this is what i want to mention the mm. cabin if the cabin looks familiar to you it's because it's they tried to rebuild it as close as possible to the cabin from the evil dead oh shut up <laughs> because that's the first movie that joel cohen worked on right he's a right. director there right. so it's very much on purpose that's adorable down to like the the slow approaching shot to be yeah. menacing is <laughs> it's like oh very... <laughs> yeah it's a spooky cabin right <laughs> so great i did i looked at the porch and i was like that feels familiar there's something going on <laughs> here weird. what are you doing <laughs> that's so cute yeah. aren't the cones and Raimi are, are like quite good friends right? yeah they're buddies yeah yeah tim blake nelson sam Raimi. oh those two need to work together that'd yeah. be great yeah i'd watch that yeah get on it hollywood <laughs> <laughs> yeah that but it was i think if not his first movie but joel <laughs> cohen's like first major movie he worked on was evil dead i mean yeah, yeah. it's like early 80s for yeah. sure that's very so cute thanks joel <laughs> uh so the we've heard like allusions to them flooding they're like releasing a dam breaking down a dam and yes. then we see the proof here of uh the flood and just in the nick of time yeah saves our boys from getting hanged a funny thing about this is that the reason odysseus can't go home is because he made poseidon mad oh and, and <laughs> poseidon's like nope fuck it you're getting on a boat you're going down so he's like trapped on islands for the majority of his and yeah so this is just like the wrath of the gods in the end nice flood of the valley <laughs> another thing here so the the dudes digging the graves they yeah. the people dubbing the singing there are actually those are the people doing oh the yeah for soundtrack. sure yeah they are part of the fairfield four this trio which is one of the oldest uh, gospel groups in uh, history. They've oh, been wow. around since 1921. Oh, wow. Uh, going strong the whole time. It has almost never been a quartet. The four refers to the four singing parts of oh, soprano, sure, sure. alto, tenor, bass. Uh, or whatever it would be for dudes. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't call it soprano, but... TTBB? Yeah. Um, yeah, four-part harmony. Yes. I was describing there. Uh, so, yeah, they, they wanted... They got in there as, like, yeah, proud Tennessee folk. But from 1921, so they just passed 100 years old. That's incredible. Yeah, they're so good. The yeah. it's got this real, almost you know, magical mm. character to appear out of nowhere because they they're singing you know this gospel tune, and one of them hits this insanely low note. 
Oh, and that's yeah. when you can start to hear the valley rumble, like far away the dam has been broken. So good. It's it's a very cool moment. Ooh, you're giving me chills I just know. describing it. Oh, it's mm. good, right? Yeah, they're great singers. Yeah. I they have that same speaking of magical beingness, they have the same like other world hypnotism kind of round vibe that the sirens have. Totally. Too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very much a, a parallel to that. Yeah. It's great. I wonder if there is there like is the number three like a thing in Greek myth? Oh, it feels like, classic. This is you an got underworld, like, you, Hades, or what's the dog? Cerberus. Cerberus. Yeah, and you, the Fates. The and, Sirens. There's yeah. usually three of them. Yeah. Uh, three witches. That's not the same thing, but it just feels similar. <laughs> <laughs> and then Joel went on to do Macbeth, so there you go. Yeah. 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 Anyway, they're great. Another just like in the movie for all of thirty seconds and but make they, a hell of an impression. Yeah. It's great. This is just a movie of 30 second impressions. Totally, yes, yeah. <laughs> but not like not like imitations. Yeah. Se- it's uh, how can I explain Maybe this? Maybe borderline, yeah. <laughs> hmm. uh, yeah, but uh, the flood comes down. They kill the devil, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> good for you. <laughs> uh, and uh, Penny still won't marry him because he got the wrong ring. The end. No, one of the omens that the blind guy from the beginning, like, you're going to see a cow standing on a roof oh, of yeah, grass. And they're like, what the fuck? This cow floating along on what used to be their roof. And <laughs> I like that um, you, you were mentioning about the sheriff constantly having, like, fire reflected in his glasses or whatever. Yeah. And then at the end, he gets murdered by this flood of water. Yeah. Like, they finally put it out. Anytime there's a cinematic interplay between water and fire, mm. I love it. And, <laughs> yeah. I like experiencing two things, being hot and dry and very wet. Uh, and cold. And cold. <laughs> That's the movies, baby. I want I want those 4D seats <laughs> in the theater where it's just, ooh, the seat's getting hot, ow, 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 and ow, then a flood ow. happens and they just dump a bucket of water on you. <laughs> and I paid $38 per <laughs> ticket. <laughs> nice. But then I'm an idiot, so that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a real Delmar, so... <laughs> So what's your, like, we're talking about all these 30-second impressions. What's your favorite, like, little drop-in, like, who who makes the biggest impression on you, do you feel like? Or is just, like, your your fave guy to guy. see pop up? I mean, Steven Root is a classic. Mm. He's he's always, I feel like he's the king of, like, 30-second drop-ins. Yeah. You know? He's always yeah. just fully formed whatever he's doing. He is standing head and shoulders above the rest of the production. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the Hogswallop kid at the beginning oh, who yeah. like comes out and tries to shoot them because he thinks they're from the bank. Like, Pappy said I wasn't, you know, <laughs> don't let anyone from the bank in. I like that kid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Holly Hunter, for sure. That's She's what really I was... not in this very much. She is more than I remember, though, I'll yeah. say. I, I do remember watching it for the first time and being like, oh, she was like listed as pretty big in the cast and right. she's in it for like... 10 minutes maybe yeah but she's got like three scenes yeah three key scenes very key yeah yeah i don't know i really like the the sheriff isn't well he's he's in it he's in it the same amount as holly hunter i mean i guess right yeah Yeah. that is the maybe it's it's gotta be john goodman right it's It's holly hunter john goodman too i'd say yeah (laughs) just so like absolutely running away with those scenes Mm. just so terrifying of a person and like yeah, criminal that he did not get recognized for like all of these amazing Coen Brothers roles that yeah. he's been doing. God, yeah, that's what I think. Wonderful. Well, and what's your like of all the little tales or situations or whatever? What's your favorite little instance? <laughs> I really I enjoy the 
uh, I, I guess it's not even a little tale. It is the overarching thing where, you know, and again, as, as parallel to the story where tales of Odysseus are making mm. their way across the sea and, like, people are talking about him and it's all making its way back to Penelope and, you know, it, where the Soggy Bottom Boys, as a band, mm. are achieving, like, fame and fortune and they have no idea. Like, they, they're not connected. Like, the story has taken on a life of its own, yeah. you know? The the experience of them and, like, have you heard that, you know, did you get the latest record in? And, like, it's just proliferating so fast <laughs> and kind of paving the way for them to arrive Arri- triumphantly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I like that part of it where they're radio stars and they don't even know. <laughs> that's what I, that's, that's my favorite one it doesn't really count because it's not like a, an that interstitial but i the just pete being turned into a toad is <laughs> when they that's what it is that's how they link back up with him the, the chain gang who yeah marches in and gets to watch a movie because that movie bit is my favorite it's little so instance. fucking funny <laughs> oh my god just being turned around we thought you, you was a toad, toad. <laughs> He's trying to whisper whispering. <laughs> without alerting the chain gang. Oh my god! But I love that. So funny that the I love that little cinema scene. It's so small, but it's one another one of those feels otherworldly thing of like the yeah. movie stops, which like how it, common practice back then films breaking all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like as somebody watching a movie now, that feels like oh something serious <gasps> is gonna oh, happen. No. And then cop walks in. You don't see any of. They're just shrouded. Yeah, they're just backlit. Spooky. and... Yeah. And then the chain gang comes in, but it does feel like you're starting to separate from reality a little bit and Pete sits down. And uh, is he repeating, you shouldn't seek the treasure or something like that? Do not seek the treasure. A few times, and you're like, does Pete know who he is? Is Pete dead? Is this this a ghost? (laughs) I love it. I love that so much. Yeah, it's really good. And I God, I just that that that's such a thinking about Sullivan's travels and that mm. that uh, that exact scene of like they stop the film that they're about to play so that the chain gang can like shuffle in and sit down and suddenly the atmosphere is different. Mm. That's such a good parallel. I love that. Yeah, it really. Yeah, I think that I was just hyper aware of it this time because I. Fair. I put to I saw that it was a reference to Sullivan's Travels. It was that I had that same thing though because you were watching this like what what does this remind me of? Yes, yeah, and yeah. yeah I it's like, I I've seen this somewhere. There is like it's really funny how beyond the same general setup there is no specific in common. No, not at all. But it, no. yeah, it evokes it so well somehow. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Do you think that, like, so, Oh Brother, Where Out Though, the movie, the two thousands movie? <laughs> okay, thank you. Is that this is what? Sullivan wanted to make like this was the movie he wanted to you know it's about like dudes down on their luck and yep finding common humanity yeah yeah interesting yeah I think you can definitely I I like the idea of reading it that way that's fun (laughs) it's a story just a little contained story to jump ahead a little bit I uh I'm guessing you haven't used Sullivan's Travels as your double bill thing in which case you don't know the answer now okay (laughs) I I should have but no well I was thinking about it but I was like nah it's just like a straight reference I don't feel like sure 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 but I do like the idea if you watch watch Sullivan's Travels and then this you can just be like and that's what he made like just to do a like wow he did it well, I remember there's there's kind of a isn't there a bit of a debate at the end of Sullivan's Travels about how 
has he learned a lesson or not? Because yeah. he's like a rich guy yep. and he's like, I'm going to cosplay as poor. And he's literally like changing it. Like, does this outfit make me look poor? Does this one? Like, and does he, when he decides to go back and like go back to his support system and like, do you think he has learned or do you think he is humbled by it? And I think that like, right, there's yeah. a little bit of a debate about it. I think you can, you can read it either way. Yeah. I think the intent was to read it as he's habilitated, but mm. because it's the thirties and it's all rich guys making movie or not, rich yeah. guys, it's more, <laughs> it's people who aren't starving to death yeah. uh, making movies yeah. that like, no matter what they turn out, it's going to be coming from a privileged place, so they can't actually capture yeah. the thing. Good, you're anyway. never in any danger. Of, yeah. like, the whole movie when he's like riding the rails, there's a there's a bus behind him with all his support staff and his secretary yeah. and a full meal and shower waiting for him whenever he wants it. But he like he legitimately does get arrested and goes yeah, into yeah, a chain yeah. gang for quite. So like, it is, it's tough. I know we talked about this right after we watched it. Yeah. Is like I. Did he learn? I feel like if it was, like, real life, then most likely he was at, like, one extreme of being a mega rich guy who's just like, poor people don't work hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> and then he became an arrested guy and learned, oh, hmm, oh maybe there's a, a systematic, systematic <laughs> issue happening here. And he's, like, gone to somewhere in the middle of the spectrum where he's like, man, mm -hmm. it sure is glad, I'm sure I am glad that I'm rich. Yeah. Too bad about the poor people. Like, he can actually... He now can empathize, but he won't do anything about it other maybe, than make, make a movie. movies. Yeah, because <laughs> it almost does like it romanticizes this like you know if you're taking the Coen Brothers movie as like the movie he wanted to make of mm. this like look at the trials and tribulations <laughs> of the poor man and everything turned out fine in the end you know for being wrongful well not wrongfully imprisoned but like <laughs> to work on a chain gang for like practicing law without a license. Bit much. Yeah. Can have um, such weak wrists. <laughs> yeah, that's not good physical labor, guys. Come on. Maybe you've worked up to it. You start out with just like quarrying out some gravel and you yeah. work up to the <laughs> The little the little like, you know, shovel that they give you, the little <laughs> trowel. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I'm very glad that you noted that because I had no clue and it would have bothered me a lot. Like what is that cinema scene <laughs> meant to Yeah. Preston Sturges' movies, those are from, if yeah. for no other reason than, like, a historic, like, what did, because he, like, pushed the envelope on all the comedic stuff at the time, like, sure. worth checking out for that reason alone. Yeah, so. much, very much so. Very much so. But I mentioned everything else that I, I brought to the table for yeah. this episode. Yeah, uh, I yeah. just, uh, my only final thoughts are that, like, this is such an interesting, like, it's not an adaptation, per se, of, mm. of the Odyssey, it's like... What was the, what are the things people like about the Odyssey and that have endured and like, yeah. but also the concept of storytelling, like it's an adaptation of like how stories get told and proliferate yeah. and you know. It's an adaptation of the concept of storytelling. Yes, That's, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I have not thought of it like that, but yeah, especially if you do frame it as uh, this is somebody telling the story afterward and making it like kind of hyperbolic yeah. in places and yeah. Yeah, that's what I think. But with those obvious, like, nods and references to the the Odyssey story. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, I could see this as Everett McGill is telling his 12 daughters this yeah. story one night <laughs> of how he linked, how he and his mother got remarried. Totally. Like no, exactly. Yeah. yeah. This is a very, like, and this will go on his tombstone kind of a thing. Oh, yeah. it's a big tombstone. And then he died. Yeah. <laughs> it was written by the guy with the huge hand. I'm sick of people. Yeah. What an epitaph. <laughs> 
Do we, is it contractually obligated for us to do one Simpsons reference per episode? I'm amazed that you got it as opposed to me. I was tempted several times and I decided not to. <laughs> that's big of you, but uh, yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> Thank you so much. So yeah, that's, that's what I think. I think it's a great story and a great storytelling movie. Mm. And it's just like, it's walks a very good line between like dramatic and very funny. Yeah, and that's the reason I love the Cohen um, yeah. comedies. Yeah. Is is for that reason, for that line that it, that it walks very much. Where like, thank you for your final thoughts. I was trying to think of mine and I'm just like, I don't know. There's something <laughs> so amorphous about their, like, if I had education in film stuff, I would be able to articulate better exactly sure. why it feels like I am so into them. But it... It just strikes this exact perfect chord with me. I don't get why. But <laughs> the it magic is just, of film, baby. Yeah, it's that the balancing act of tone is yeah. the thing that I love the most. Because I, I feel like I've said something along the lines of this on the podcast several times before. Which is, even if you're, the tone that you're setting out is like an amazing tone for your movie, if it's just one solid block of, of mm. something, right. I find it hard to like immerse myself in it typically and that there's yeah. var- variants on that where like a Villeneuve movie is always going to feel sad and slow very and bleak I, and bleak <laughs> and I love that about it and sure. I will always be immersed in that so there's this isn't like no matter what but the, right. this is like this is what I love in movie generally where you can really just seesaw like crazy but not make it like hurt the audience with whiplash yeah <laughs> well I mean you've said this about like serious action movies before I know where it's like it's not it it takes it out it takes you out of the experience to just have this serious like self serious like big tough tone for mm-hmm. for for action movies specifically but in in general right if you're wandering through the swamp and like you know you meet a, a robber who hits a cow with a car. Like, silly things happen to yeah. people all the time, even if they're right in the middle of a traumatic or awful experience. Like, silly things happen. Yeah. And I feel like the Coen brothers are great at balancing that very, like, you know, just just your luck. Like, you're, you know... <laughs> I, I don't know. Raising Arizona is a great example of, like, a couple who wants to have kids and can't, like, is yeah. a... Uh, something that some people might struggle with their entire lives, but to just weave in these like very silly, like almost ethereally stupid moments <laughs> of like life's crazy, you know, they're really good at balancing those tones. And yeah. you're right, you need the variety for it to to stay like interesting. Yeah, and it does feel and compelling. It feels very variety showish too, where it's just it is just like here's a <laughs> this one definitely for, more yeah, than yeah. <laughs> it feels very much like and now for your approval, and then yeah, weren't they great folks? Let's applaud them off. Yeah, Someone get behind door off. number two, yeah. John Goodman. Like, and then he gets yeah. pulled off of the vaudeville cane, exactly. and you're like, ah, yay, more please. <laughs> yeah, very much so. So that's my incredibly well-articulated final thoughts on... Do you like <laughs> how I just took over your final they, thought? No, and... <laughs> it's good, because you put word to what I was having trouble putting to word. I understand. Yeah. Very yeah. good. And it's mightier than a sword, at times. <laughs> word? Word. No, no, it's pen! Pen! pen. Word come from pen, so... <laughs> Pen, wrong word. No, word, wrong word. <laughs> right word, pen. Toad, turo, toad, turo. T- <laughs> fade out, fade out. Oh boy. oh, boy. So let's talk about some double pills then. Let's Why do don't it. we? <laughs> boy, howdy. Boy, howdy. Uh, so, what did you do with your double billing here to, 
this week? Well, I took the sort of mythological like adventure tack mm. that um that tone that it takes of like look at all these like borderline magical things happening to this group of people um that again are perfectly explicable in science terms or like <laughs> realism terms or whatever but it feels like magic if it's happening to you you know and i went uh like softer and fluffier with it and i'm gonna pair this with the studio ghibli movie ponyo from 2008 oh, ponyo which is very cute to say and cute to watch <laughs> and the idea with ponyo is that there's a sea princess uh she's a fish <laughs> and she lives in the sea with her overbearing father who it's kind of got this like glory days thing going on where he's like one you know one day the oceans will industrialization has ruined oh, yeah. the oceans and we have to reclaim that balance and so he's he sees humans as like an invasive species and <laughs> you know um and there's also like bad blood with him and his ex-wife which the goddess of the sea <laughs> you know as as you can get um and Ponyo, you know, it's very Little Mermaidy, where she's like, "I'm gonna go to the land, Dad." Isn't it? It's like a, a very loose adaptation of, of totally, that, right? yeah. yeah. So it's a it's a loose adaptation of this like myth of yeah. like a creature from the sea meeting a boy on the land and kind of falling in love with him. It's it's weird because they're both kids, but it you know, but it's kid love where it's just exactly. like I like you, oh, I, like I like you, you. Too. yeah. And she transforms herself into a human and like you know, kind of starts to live with them and, like, mm. transforms their relationships and stuff. So there's just this very, like, obviously magical elements to it, like, mm. textually magical. Um, but there's just this idea of, like, going on a journey and, like, bringing, you know, returning to your home and, like, mm. building your home back up for you after you've had sort of it taken away from you. Um, yeah, and it's just a... Simply delightful score. I think the, it's Joe Hiaishi, he, he, right? Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's probably my favorite score of his. Yeah. It's so like we've for whatever reason, why does Ravel always come up on the podcast? <laughs> um, We're very consistent. But it, it's cribbing very much from La Mer, which is yes, uh, that's French for the sea. The sea. Uh, so very obviously inspired there. <laughs> but it also cribs from um, there's a specific cue I'm thinking of that it cribs from uh, Flight of the Valkyries. Oh, um, specifically like okay. a lot of the underscoring that happens uh, mm. when the sea level starts rising. I think it's like oh yes, yes, two yes. thirds of the way through second act stuff and a yeah. second act. Stuff. Um, yeah, that it, it's this really cool combination of different musical traditions, but like filtered through Joe Hisaishi, who's Hisaishi. like raised through Japanese lens, obviously. Yeah. So it's this cool like trifecta of things coming together for this new product. I love his score so much. Oh, he's one. so good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, great score, and it's again this this very like the music is so is part of the storytelling in yeah. that way, right? The same way as as so brother wear it though, <laughs> and uh, you've got you know the sea will reclaim its like the the balance coming back is when the sea right like that's yeah. you know the sea is returning to its natural place kind of thing, um, and. Yeah, just this idea of like setting out on a journey to like get back your love, you know? Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah. So that's what I'm pairing it with. It's a very just like light, fluffy, super adorable. Mm -hmm. If you watch the English dub, Tina Fey is in it. And Liam like Neeson. Liam Neeson is the sea wizard. <laughs> and it's also got these very funny elements of like, 
you know, the kid's mom's, uh, Sosuke's mom is driving him to school in the morning and she has to, like, book it in front of, you know, they live on a seaside town and, like, book it in front of the boat coming into dry dog and all these little moments, right? Like yeah. in a Coen Brothers movie, like, turns out Ponyo just really likes ham. She likes ham oh, yeah, sandwiches. Obsessed just, with ham. Yeah, loves ham. So it's just all these very funny character moments, like you say. Just Why like, do I remember the main, like, not Ponyo, but the, the, the human child? Why do I remember that being a girl, not a boy? What's wrong with my brain? Okay. Couldn't tell you. It's I'm, broken. I'm sorry to cut you off. It's just <laughs> no, like, no, that's right. I'm trying to overlap two things in my mind. They're not meshing. I guess I just have to watch Ponyo again. Oh, no. I guess so. Darn. <laughs> oh, no, Ponyo. <laughs> yes. And, so, and it does also have that sort of balance of... Like, you know, some people's houses get flooded and there's like, you're mm. not 100% sure if all the characters are going to make it out yeah. of like their island is being flooded. And like, you know. Big time. Yeah. So it's it's got a good balance of uh, tones as well. Great soundtrack and a cute love story. Just like driving the, the need to go home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's what I'm pairing it with. Sweet. How about you? Well, I went to the decidedly... Uh, more like, I'm not going to say exploitation, but like definitely trashier, close to exploitation nice. side of things. Okay. Um, with another adaptation of just one part of the Odyssey in this case. Oh. So I'm, I'm keeping it in the Odyssey, yeah. keeping it with Homer, <laughs> kicking it with Lots Homer. Lots to choose from. Uh, with, uh, the Spaghetti Western from 1965, The Return of Ringo, which is oh. directed by <laughs> Duccio Tassari. Oh, um, right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Right. So this Run is... Run it by me. I, I much prefer... This is a sequel to The Pistol for Ringo. Right. A Pistol for Ringo, which is one of my favorite Christmas movies. <laughs> um, I definitely prefer that to this one. But it is a cool setting for uh, The Return of the Ringo, which is just taking the the part of Odysseus returning home to Penelope yeah. and seeing his home is fucked up. Uh, right, Part right. of the Odyssey. <laughs> uh, and this is... Memorable. I can't remember the Odyssey version of it but i know that he arrives home and it's just like a sad state of affairs and his home isn't as he remembered and all of that yeah they're like ransacking his house and yeah. they're like she's holding it it's a siege basically like a polite oh, yeah. siege but like you know <laughs> um in return of ringo he this is a, a soldier returning from the civil war to find that his uh whole, his entire town has been taken over by bandits mm -hmm. and like he's been robbed he he was the like the patriarch of this community like it's not like a king or anything like that but yeah. the wealthy landowner of the the area uh and his like his wife is being held captive by the bandits so it's a big like okay i'll return home and i'll disguise myself and join yes. in the, the ranks and they'll i'll be a bandit and they'll think i'm a bandit to get the like the low down and then he revenge right yeah. Yeah, and that's a great one. That's of course, movie. score by uh, Ennio Morricone, so uh, wonderful music as well as always. So yeah, <laughs> I love that the the like disguising yourself to like you know take the temperature of the place is such mm -hmm. a big part of the Odyssey as well. So I'm like, oh well, I'm not gonna let them know who I am. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the down low. Yeah, nice. That's a fun that's a great choice. And I'm calling my double alive a name for it this time. Ooh, country roads take me home. <laughs> oh, that's actually great. When the, yeah, just keep them with the country and western soundscape. <laughs> Mine is called Ponyo Brother, Where Art Thou? <laughs> you are going good. to know which movies you're going to be watching. <laughs> nice. Uh, very nice. funny. I like that. What <laughs> <laughs> a great movie. It always puts a smile on my face. <laughs> which the Return of oh, uh, No, no, no. Well, yes, but uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yes. It is... 
it's one of those we've talked about this feeling before where you're like, I'm going to return to watch this thing. It's probably not as good as I remember it. And for me, it's always better than I remember. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, damn. Yeah. Potentially my favorite Turturro, Clooney, and... And uh, Blake Nelson? Performances of all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Standout, for sure. Definitely not Holly Hunter, though. I've got I've got other Holly Hunter. Oh, I mean, her, her oeuvre <laughs> is so good. Yeah. Yeah. Hard to pick a favorite there. But. Even this is like, yeah. Yeah. M- merely a mid-performance. <laughs> Which mid for Holly Hunter is <laughs> anybody else's you best wish. day. Yeah. <laughs> Slam. So Country Roads, take me home to the end of this podcast. Uh, that'll do us for this week's episode of Gartbidge. Please give us a follow on uh, Twitter and Instagram at GartbidgePod. Uh, give us a rating and review on your podcast platform of your choice so more people can hear us talk about the Odyssey. Feel, <laughs> Apparently. feel very fancy this week. Mm, mm, quite. Yeah. Uh, I'm saying that where you did all of the Odyssey homework, so... <laughs> um, homework is my dad has a classics degree <laughs> and I watched Wishbone as a child. Hell yeah. That's the extent of my research. <laughs> that dog in a roughed collar. We love yeah. to see him. We love him. Get it? Tim Blake roughed? Nelson, come on the podcast. Ru- I'm roughed. not listening. It's time for me to talk about Tim Blake <laughs> Nelson. <laughs> Set the record straight, Tim. Uh, people can find you where on the internet? On Twitter, if they would like it, Macklebass, M-A-C-L-E-B-A-S-S, for movie talk. And I'm at Dick R. Navis on that Twitter. Uh, so Twitter. please come back and join us for next week for another pile of garbage.